even on radio? That listens to the Super Bowl on radio. Uh, ESPN. Even on? ESPN. Uh-huh. Oh, of course. They, oh, silly me. Miss ESPN didn't know that. I would ESPN curious. Radio, it, yes. And it is it, ESPNRadio.com. Uh-huh. Yeah, they, they got it. Or maybe on Westwood One. It's going to be on Westwood One. Well, it's going to be on Westwood One. It is? Okay. Well, let's put it this way, Jim. It's probably big enough for them to have national advertising. It's still probably pretty good size. But I'm just, but I'm interested in curiosity because... Well, you don't ever see those food numbers anymore, really. Yeah. Yeah. A few years ago... Oh, what, what, what's the story on KABC? They've dropped Elder, so they're going to do non-controversial talk again? They're doing journal talk, uh-huh. Uh, local host? Local host. They, they, got one, they got two nationals left over to have a political base, but everything else is going to general talk. Okay. Okay. But, but it's just, a, you know, on the radio, the reason I ask this is a couple of years ago, one of my, my housemate's daughter's boyfriend was here, and the Super Bowl was on, and he had to go run an errand. Uh, and he was real upset that he had to leave the Super Bowl. He had to go to the store, and I said, you know, you can hear the game on radio while you're in the car. And I told him the station he could hear the game on, and he left, and he came back. And I said, did you hear the game on radio? And he said, are you really kidding? In other words, there's a lot of people that don't even take radio seriously as a source for a ball game. Mm-hmm. It's still a pretty big market, though, with the, with six sports networks and everything else. So it's still a pretty good... It, it, uh, really, for for radio demographics, it, 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 it's really the only moneymaker there is left. Uh, the, the, the 35 to 54 male, that... That, I guess there are three or four that, sports networks. The four or sports six. must be doing pretty good. There's six of them. Six now. I know there's ESPN, Fox, NBC, CBS, ESPN. Yep. Uh, Yahoo. Oh, there's a, I forgot about Yahoo. Yeah, and so the, and that demographic is moving up in terms of it increases. So that's why you're seeing so much money in sports talk radio and in sports broadcast. By the way, just out of curiosity, my friend from here was curious and on LA Radio. Has, has, has KHJ gone Immaculate Heart yet? Yes, uh-huh. they done it. Did. Okay. Yep. They dropped their Spanish. Yep. Okay. Thank you, Jim. Thank you, Jim. Thank you, Walden and Patricia. It's always a pleasure. You too. Our fun. Okay. I'm ready for a break. I need to go grab something to eat. So, Me too. Okay, Me so too. thank you. We're gonna go. So we're gonna play a we fir- going to? we're gonna play a Fermi game Maui show. Okay. We're gonna play a Christmas show because that's why I have a handy on the computer. Oh good. Oh gee, I heard a Christmas show the other day. Okay. And it doesn't make any difference because <laughs> <laughs> what have you pulled? No, I got them up here, so I haven't decided. You got pre- preference what you want me to play. Yeah, picking a Christmas tree if you can find yeah, it. Yeah, that's uh, December eighteenth of. Uh, or pick, uh, oh, the one forty-three. Yeah, I'll, I'll pull that one up. Pick your Christmas tree. Okay. Okay. Patricia, and I'm gonna go get cake a snack, and everybody, and we'll be back. So, I'll talk Do to I you. Hang up? Yeah. Okay. I'll, bye. We'll be back. All right. All right, everybody. Give me a second.
Everybody, stop that dancing. We've got lots to do. We're being married tomorrow. <laughs> How well I know it. You ought to be brushing up that new suit and new shoes instead of dancing around the room like a goon. New suit, fine. New shoes, uh-uh. How come no new shoes? Buddy, you wouldn't dare dance in those old ones. I wouldn't. You just listen to me. I'll dance at your wedding. I'll dance at your wedding. I'll dance at your wedding. I'll have a wonderful time. I'll drink to your father. I'll drink to your mother. Then I'll have another for I'll kiss all the ladies, the young and old, and then I'll have myself another drink, and I'll kiss them all again. I'm going to dance at your wedding. I won't miss that wedding. I'll dance at your wedding. Am I gonna shine at your wedding and Like everybody, I say a prayer. Lord, thank you for this wonderful season. Bless our listening family, our family, the country, Lord. Help us try to make the right decision. We ask this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Here's Fibber McGee and Molly, December 21, 
in this week before Christmas, there's probably more friendliness in the air than at any other time of the year. As we grow older, it's not the gifts of Christmas that we feel, but the friendly spirit back of them, the good smile, the warm hand clasp of neighbors and friends. When these friends and relatives gather with your own family in your own home, you realize what it means to have a home in a free country. Warm-hearted Christmas season. Have you ever waited till the last minute to buy your Christmas tree, only to find that the dealers were all sold out? You have? Well, then maybe you can whip up a little throb of sympathy for Fibber McGee and Molly. Well, I'm afraid it's no use, McGee. We've been to seven different lots and we haven't seen a loose spruce. Don't worry. I'll get us a Christmas tree if I have to chop one off the courthouse lawn. Well, then I'll have to change my Christmas present for you. Huh? That war bond. <laughs> I'll make it a bail bond. Yeah. <laughs> Say, why on earth didn't you go buy a tree last week, as I suggested? Because they were asking ridiculous prices, that's why. Most of them slum-raised lumber jerks were asking seven fifty for a bow-legged little balsam no bigger than a whisk broom. <laughs> you think they get cheaper as they get scarcer? That ain't the point. The point is to find the guy that's overstocked, see? Afraid he isn't going to get rid of them by Christmas. Get one for a song that way. We should have brought Nelson Eddy with us then. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard you sing in the shower, and that soapy opera of yours wouldn't get us anything but a raspberry bush. <laughs> ah, Merry Christmas, Mrs. Nasmith. Who's that? Mrs. Nesmith. Oh. <laughs> Say, there's a lot right along in here someplace where the guy had a million trees last week and he can't possibly... Oh, here it is. Come on. Oh, that must be the salesman. I beg your pardon, sir, but is that Christmas tree for sale? And if so, how much is... Well, heavenly days, Uncle Dennis. Hello, Molly, darling, and Fibberland. <laughs> Hi, Unc. Where's the sap in charge of the saplings? We want to negotiate for a live log. Well, now, I'm sorry, lad. I am indeed. The gentleman in charge of this Christmas tree lot, a fine lad by the name of Monahan, may his pretzels never grow soggy, as he is one of the grandest guys that ever tripped a fruit peddler to take his hungry mother a big juicy apple, has closed up and gone home. Yeah, but we wanted to buy this Christmas tree, Uncle Dennis. Yeah, not, not that it's much of a tree. I've seen better fur on a mouse. <laughs> Well, now, isn't it a shameful thing that you should be too late and all like that? It was only ten minutes ago, lad, by your very own wristwatch, which I happened to be wearing as it was lying about loose in your top dresser drawer, and I don't happen to have one myself, it was sold. Oh, dear, but there's no sales tag on the tree, Uncle Dennis. And who, may I ask, was stupid enough to dish out good dough for that beetle-bitten hunk of tumbleweed? It was myself. You? You? You bought the last Christmas tree in this lot knowing that we didn't have one? Oh, now, now, now. And how was I to know that a smart gazoon like yourself would be getting caught without a tree? It was a bargain given to me by my good friend Monahan, who is quite a man at singing the Kamalias, which are a regular feature of Grogan's beefsteak dinners. May they soon be resumed when Hitler, the dirty little house painter, gets his comeuppance and Hero Hito finds our heroes turning on the Hito. <laughs> 
why do you want a Christmas tree, Uncle Dennis? You live with us. Come on, Uncle. Sell it to us, will you? What do you say? Whatever you paid for it, I'll toss an extra two bits on the drum. Two bits? That I could not do, lad. Huh? Twas buying this tree for a dear friend I was. And there ain't enough money in the world to make Dennis Driscoll betray a trust. And the very idea is enough to make my old father... May the little people keep his pipe lit for him. <laughs> Look down and say, would you think of making it $2 extra now? No, I wouldn't. That's ridiculous. Very well, you can't blame a man for trying to pick up a couple of bucks. <laughs> a very Merry Christmas to you. Oh, turn on the turtle, <laughs> Imagine that, my own uncle. Of all the dirty, low-down tricks. A fine Christmas spirit. Chipping his own family out of the last Christmas tree in town. You think it really is, dearie? Well, it might be. Come on, let's look some more. Goodwill toward men. That was a fine sample of it. Here we are with the whole world full of misery, needing friendship and sacrifice more than any time in history, and what happens? We get bopped with a balsam. If that ain't the dirty... Oh, McGee, look. Huh? There's a Christmas tree place right there. And there's Alice Darling coming out of it. Yoo-hoo, Alice! Oh, hello, Mrs. McGee. Hello, Mr. McGee. Hi, Alice. Don't tell us you're shopping for a Christmas tree, too. Oh, jeepers, no, Mr. McGee. On account of anybody who was silly enough to wait till now to buy their Christmas tree is simply just too, too stupid for anything. <laughs> what are you doing down here? We're, uh, buying a Christmas tree. <laughs> oh, well, that's what I say. <laughs> it's much better to wait till the last minute when it isn't so crowded and the trees are much fresher or something. <laughs> when I bought my tree two weeks ago, two I... Two weeks ago? If you bought a tree, what'd you do with it, Alice? We didn't see it around the house anyplace. And a pine tree ain't exactly what you might call unobtrusive. Oh, well, I didn't buy it for me, Mr. McGee, on account of jeepers. I've only got one room, and a girl which she lives in just one room only needs a little piece of mistletoe. You know what that is. Hmm? That's the ivy that if you don't meet the right people under it, it's poison. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear, and if you do, it's the berries. <laughs> Why, Molly? <laughs> oh, I just love Christmas time because that's when you can dash up to people and kiss them like it was a sudden impulse. <laughs> and I've already made out a list of the sweetest men to have sudden impulses about. Oh, that's one nice thing about <clears throat> being a girl. You can be girlish and people don't think anything about it. <laughs> <laughs> now I know what I forgot to get Alice for Christmas, dearie. Lipstick. Yeah, that brotherly love stuff is great, ain't it, Alice? Particularly when you run out of brothers. <laughs> well, I don't want that you should get the idea that I simply rush around kissing simply everybody, Mr. McGee, because really I'm a very reserved character. You know, once I was in love with a fellow for three years and he never even held my hand, and then he married another girl. Oh, who was that, Alice? Cary Grant. <laughs> Creepers, I'd like to have met that man. Well, I hope you find a Christmas tree, Mr. McGee. Goodbye now. Well, shall we give it up, McGee? No, sir. I started out to get a Christmas tree, and by the curly cotton cover crop of a corner, Chris Kringle, I'm going to get a Christmas tree. Well, you might fly up to Canada and get one, but it would be a lonesome trip. What you mean? The other geese won't be flying back for a couple of months yet. <laughs> okay, okay. Squat if you want to. Be right. But I'm telling you if I... Uh, Merry Christmas, Miss Curry. <coughs> Who was that? Miss Curry. <laughs> I'm telling you, Molly, when I set out to get a Christmas tree by George, I'm... Hey, here's a place on the corner here. Oh, yeah. Come on. 
say Alice Darling might have told us she was getting one, she could have got us one at the same time. Well, what do you expect of people? Consideration? It's no wonder they always picture Santa Claus as a fat mug standing there holding the bag. <laughs> My gosh, people... Oh, look, McGee, this place seems to have plenty of trees. Yeah, they had plenty last week, too. And the guy that runs this pocket-picking concession thinks no more of a quarter than I do of my left leg. Pocket-picking concession. Pocket-picking papa. That guy wouldn't lend you a match without a four cosigners. Hi, bud. Re- remember me? <laughs> yeah. You were the guy last week that waved a dollar bill at me. And for that, I was supposed to sell you a 12-foot tree, deliver it, trim it, sing three Christmas carols, and carve your turkey. Listen, <laughs> we couldn't get a turkey. We're having chicken. Yeah. We're having turkey. Now, don't take me so literally. Look, bud, if you have a nice, reasonable price tree, we might yeah, be... Yeah, we've got only one left. Better take it quick, dearie. Not so fast. They like to haggle a little bit. <laughs> now, which tree is it, bud? If it's the right size... You're the right... leaning on it. Heavenly days, that one. You call this broken-down bird sanctuary a Christmas tree? <laughs> well, I've seen better trees than that in an old pair of tennis shoes. <laughs> that moth-eaten bramble looks like it was raised in a cold hothouse. How much is it, sir? Much too much, lady. The price is way out of line. If I was you, I'd skip it. Don't tell me how much I can pay for a tree, bud. I'm not as poor as I may look. I hope not, friend. You you look like a whole lot from a handout. Well, how much, how much? Twelve bucks. Twelve bucks? Twelve dollars for that sad-looking cedar? Why, that cone carrier's got more broken branches than the Berlin Public Library. And look at those bare limbs. You could sure find a haystack in those needles. <laughs> and besides, last week you only wanted nine dollars for the same tree. Well, last week the town was full of Christmas trees. And furthermore, I do... Oh, hi, Mr. Wilcox. Hello there, Louie. How are you, Molly? Hi, Fibber. Hello, Mr. Wilcox. Hi, Junior. What you looking so happy about? Who, me? No, I don't know. Just the old Christmas feeling, I guess. I love this time of year, don't you? No, I guess everybody does, Mr. Wilcox. Got your Christmas window shopping all done? <laughs> Just about. And I suppose the presents are all piled up at your house. We stack them on the piano, Junior. Yeah, and from the looks of the Christmas tree situation, that's where they're going to stay, too. Yeah. Oh, so what? It won't hurt anything. Not when anyone keeps the piano and woodwork and lampshades and windowsills and everything protected from scratching and holiday wear and tear like you do with Johnson's Wax. Oh, it's nothing. <laughs> <laughs> you think it's nice, Junior? You think it's nice to be so commercial about Johnson's Wax on a holiday like Christmas? You think that's very cool? This, pal, is Tuesday. Christmas is Saturday. And on Saturday, I say nothing about Johnson's Wax. I merely say things like, thank you. And, uh, gee, that's wonderful, but you shouldn't have done it. And, uh, very little ice in mine. And stuff like that. Well, uh, personally, we've been so upset trying to get a Christmas tree, Mr. Wilcox, that we have... Oh, uh, excuse me, Molly. Hey, Louie, how much is this tree here? Twelve dollars, Mr. Wilcox. It ain't worth it, frankly, but it's the last one I got. I'll take it. Here's fifteen. And wish yourself a Merry Christmas with the rest of it. For three bucks, I can wish myself six Merry Christmases. Thanks, Mr. Wilcox. I... Hey, wait a minute. I was dickering for that tree myself, Wilcox. Now, looky here, Louie. To you, friend, the name is Mr. Zambowski. <laughs> 
And we can't do no business. The tree is sold. You see, Mr. Wilcox, we were... Gee, I wouldn't have had this happen for anything in the world, folks, if I'd only known you wanted it. I thought you were merely friends of Louie here. He should live so long. <laughs> they say a man can't have too many friends, but in your case, Bud, it would be too many. Now, look, Wilcox, we haven't got a Christmas tree, and we were merely trying to decide about believe this. Believe me, pal, believe me, I'm terribly sorry oh, to think that I should walk in and grab it right out from under your nose. Oh, gee whiz. I ought to be ashamed of myself. Okay. I'll take it with me, Louie. <laughs> well, I'll see you later, kids, to think that I should pull a shabby trick like that of my best friend. Well, of all your own fault, dearie. You had the first chance at it. Well, Merry Christmas, Mr. Zambowski. <laughs> and it came to you, lady. Come on, McGee. Standing there like a friend, chatting away as gabby as you please, and all the time. Oh, this hurts. Oh, heavenly days. We don't have to have a tree, you know. Lots of people don't. It ain't not having a tree that bothers me. It's the way my friends and relatives undercut and chisel on me. Uncle Dennis, Alice Darling, Harlow Wilcox. Christmas spirit. Where is it? And here when I had a chance to get a beautiful big tree... That isn't what you told the man it was. Oh, my gosh, you can't have any fun dickering with guys if you tell them how beautiful their merchandise is. Well, first make a man ashamed to ask the price he's asking, see? And then when you McGee, get into... I think... Oh, Merry Christmas, Mr. Kramer. Who's that? Mr. Kramer. <laughs> what were you saying? I was about to say that I think the grocery store is about our last chance to get a tree. Might as well look. Just a few doors down, you know. Oh, my gosh, I never thought of that. Come on. I'm not so sure about buying a tree at the grocery either. Jimmy Sale will probably ask us eight green points for it. <laughs> I don't think so. Look in the window, McGee. They still got a couple. Hurry up now. Oh, These are both sold, and Lady Luck could know what I think of her. She'd forget she was a lady. Well, one is sold, McGee, but the other still has a price tag on it. How much? Let me see. Six dollars. Oh, boy, that's a deal. I'm going to grab onto this till the clerk gets here, too. Anybody that gets this tree away from me will have to start trimming it with my two arms. Well, as the taxi driver said when Einstein got out of the crowded cab, this is certainly a mind off of my load. <laughs> yes, sir. Next time, maybe you'll believe me when I tell you that I know what I'm well, talking about. hello there, Fibber. Hello, Molly. Hello, Dr. Gamble. Hi, Doc, old man. Happy Yuletide and all stuff like that there. Why are you hugging the tree, McGee? Just a nature lover, or are you going to climb it and hunt for bird's nests? Oh, he's just making sure nobody beats him out of it till the clerk gets around to him, Doctor. Yeah, till this deal is signed, sealed, and delivered, I stick to this trunk like a baggage label. Pretty nice little spruce, eh, Doc? Spruce. It's not a spruce. <laughs> Douglas fir. Douglas fir. I thought it was a balsam. Might be some kind of a cedar. Might be some kind of a cypress, too, but it isn't. You know, my cousin had one of those on his farm near Peoria. We squeezed apples in it every fall. <laughs> in what? A cider press. Oh. I didn't say cider press. I said cypress. Oh. The cypress is a symmetrical evergreen common to the western United States. Very interesting study, that of our non-deciduous trees. Hmm? The pine tree, like most coniferous trees, is an evergreen. The larch being a conspicuous exception. Oh, are you an expert on plants and trees, Doctor? Well, they used to be a hobby of mine, Molly. Botany is a very interesting subject. Of the two, which do you like best, Doc? Of which two? Plants and trees or botany? <laughs> Why, they're the same thing, dearie. I had it in high school. In fact, I was the pistol-packing mama of the lily collectors. <laughs> I thought maybe Doc knew so much about him because he was a tree surgeon at heart. <laughs> no, but if I ever hear of a sap needing a transfusion, I'll know where to come. <laughs> 
Yeah? Well, I'd show you who was a sap if I dared let loose of this tree for a minute. Oh, now, boy. One excuse is as good as any, McGee. Yeah. By embracing that tree, you're probably saving yourself a few very spectacular contusions. Is that so? Yes. Why, you unreasonable facsimile of a male brother... For two aspirin tablets. Now, now, McGee. Is that any way to talk while hugging a Christmas tree? No, no, it isn't, Molly. And it was my fault. Sorry, McGee. No time for quarrels. Okay, Doc. Well, then, I'm a little hasty myself at times. It's not about buying Christmas trees. (laughs) Well, real friends are too scarce to fight with them. In fact, McGee, I, I retract all the unpleasant things I ever said about you in the past. Oh, I do too, Doc. I even take back the stuff I thought about you. Well, now, this is better. You know, Christmas is a time when we should all be friends. I think so, too. But bygones be bygones, McGee. Be a pal. Well, that goes for me, too, Doc. Here, I'd like to shake your hand. Good. So would I. Isn't that nice? Wait till I get untangled from this weeping willow here. And I... Ah, put her there, Doc. I think this is one of the sweetest things I ever saw. Hey. All right, Doc, let go of my hand. Oh, wait a minute. Hey, Joe. Yes, Doctor. Hey, put that Christmas tree in my car, will you? What? Hey, wait a minute. Uh, now, wait, look, wait, Doc. Wait, I... Wait, I... Wait, I pay for the next time you come in. Don't go to Doc. Let go of my hand, will you? You double-crossing, double... Doc Gamble, come back here with that Christmas tree. Or... of it today. You Merry d- Christmas, Mr. Crockett. Who is that? John Crockett from Washington. Oh, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. Here it is, the season where everybody is supposed to love everybody, so what do they do? They go around grabbing Christmas trees out of people's hands. The timber thieves. The first guy that says Merry Christmas to me, I'm going to hang up my sock right on his chin. <laughs> Merry Christmas, bud. Same to you. Thanks. Who is that? Search me. i got as much right to holler at people on the street as you have. <laughs> I've gone to both so-called throat-cutting, sheep-stealing friends of mine knew how bad I wanted that tree, I'd... Hey. What? 
What if we string the colored lights on that rubber plant of yours and... Oh, oh no. <laughs> That's no good. Doggone it, I trust people too much. But not now. Take a good look at your husband, Mrs. McGee. You recognize him? Why shouldn't I? Because he just had his faith lifted. That's why. Now on, little Fibber's going to go along after... He's going to go along looking after little Fibber. Period. As long as everybody is throwing the love your fellow man stuff overboard, I might just as well... Be... Hi, Mr. McGee. Hi, Mr. McGee. Merry Christmas. Oh, hi, little girl. And if you must yammer out those Yuletide wall mottos, sis, just say a good December 25th to you. Or season's greeting, sir, or something like that. Skip the Merry Christmases as far as I'm concerned. Yes, he's a little disappointed. He'll get over something. Yeah, I'll get over this like Dan McGrew got over his lead poisoning. <laughs> Sis, I'm glad I saw you while you were still young. If you still believe in this... Hey, mister. Huh? Look up on your front porch. What do you mean, look up on our front porch? Why, McGee, look, the porch is full of Christmas trees. Why, what in the... <laughs> I've just been reading the tags on them, mister. Huh? There's one from Dr. Gamble and one from Mr. Wilcox and Alice Darling and... And one from Billy Mills, I betcha, and one from Uncle Dennis, and Oh, one... my gosh, I... You mean they were all buying them trees for us? Well, I never thought... Well, well gee whiz, come on. Boy, oh, boy. Hero. Very McGee, get out the root beer. I'll get some cookies. Uh, just a small root beer for me, McGee. I got to operate in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> McGee, can you close your mouth and pull in your eyeballs long enough to thank these people for the Christmas tree? Oh, oh, well, look, everybody. I, well, gee whiz. I, well, all I can say is... Well, well, Merry Christmas. Yes. Hey, Mr. McGee. What do you want, sis? Look, I got my whole gang here again. Kenny and Bud and Johnny and Reddy and Billy Mills and all the fellas, and we thought maybe it'd be nice to sing that same song we sang last Christmas. Hmm. Well, sis, that's a wonderful idea. People have been writing in all year asking us to do that again. So here's The Night Before Christmas, as originally set to music by Ken Darby of The King's Men. Oh, Sam. 
mantel was covered with ashes and soot. I drew in my head and was turning around when down the chimney he came with a bow. His eyes how they twinkled. <laughs> His dimples how merry. His cheeks were like roses. His nose like a cherry. His droll little mouth was drawn up like a bow. <laughs> and, the, and the beard on his chin was as white as the snow. The stump of a little pipe he held tight in his teeth. And smoke went around and around and around his head like a reed. He was chubby and plump, a right jolly old jolly old. Thank 
Most of you have brothers and fathers and sons, yes, and maybe daughters in the service here and overseas. Yes, so when you write to them next, please tell them they have the sincere and heartfelt wishes for a speedy and safe return and a Merry Christmas from... Fibber McGee. And Molly. Good night. Good night, all. Yes, I do love somebody. Yes, I do love somebody. Yes, I do love somebody, but I won't say who. Don't know why she acts so shy. She ought to know I wouldn't dream of even hurting a fly. Hope she doesn't pass me by. Cause if she did, I'd die. I know I'd die. I love somebody. Yes, I do. Love somebody, yes I do. Love somebody, yes I do. Love somebody, but I won't say who. He's big and strong. Would you like to feel my muscle? Bold and gay. I never once lost a tussle. At the moment, he's not very far away. Why don't you say who say already? I'd want to marry him today. But you don't say who. That I cannot do. Happen to be me. Possibility. Won't you tell me who you love? Love somebody. Tell me true. Yes, I do. Yes, you do. Love somebody. I do too. And Maybe me. Love somebody. I hope it's me. Yes, I do. Love, Love somebody, somebody, but I won't tell who. Come on and confess. Why don't you try and guess? Do tell. Let's tell. You promise not to breathe a word? Doris, don't be absurd. Strictly on trainu. We, we, we too. Well. Confidentially Between you and me Confidentially I love somebody I've got news for you Love somebody I feel that way too Love somebody Glad it's true That somebody that I love Is you Buddy Clark and Doris Day, here's another Buddy Clark song. Rosalie, my darling, Rosalie, my dream. Since one night When stars danced above I'm 
sacred bar he sang a serenade my day I suppose it's late heaven knows it blows and it snows but anyway here goes my darling my dream since one night when stars danced above I'm oh oh so much in love so Rosalie have mercy Rosalie don't decline won't you make my life thrilling then tell me you're willing to be mine Rosalie mine One more song and I'll be back to Patricia. Girl of my dreams, I love you. Honest I do. so sweet If I could just hold your charms again in my arms then life would be complete Since you've been gone dear life don't seem the same Please come back again And after all said and done There's only one Girl of my dreams It's you My dreams, I love you, honest I do, you are so sweet, 
If I could just hold your charms again in my arms, then life would be complete. Since you've been gone, dear, life don't seem the same. Please come back again. And after all said and done, there's only one girl of my dreams. Buddy Clark, and hello, Patricia. Hello, Alden. Hello. Are you back? I'm back. I did my nibbling. Uh-huh. I, I had to Nibble eat. Too. What did you have? Tortilla chips. Oh, yum. This was in, in celebration of the Super Bowl, so I'm starting early. <laughs> starting early. <laughs> Crack a beer and ask me the Dorito. Oh, yeah. Oh dear, oh dear. I'd rather have tortilla chip than potato chip, so that's just my oh. personal thing. Wow. Do I have to tell you what I had? It's up to you. You can tell me on or off. I ate mashed potatoes. Ooh, that's good. Garlic? No, I just put a little onion powder on it. I, I usually like little chips of onions, like minced onions. Yep, mashed yep. potatoes, but yep. I didn't have time for that. Especially since I forgot your stuff, <laughs> which I do have now. I was so proud of myself. I got all this other stuff. Um, and then I looked and I left out Stump Walden. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Uh, what now? And then when we finish tonight, mm-hmm. yep. I have, I made beet salad. And I love beet salad. So that's what I'm going to have. Okay, you're going to be a... I tell you, and and my carrots. I have to get carrots tomorrow. Okay, so so people don't mm. go out and shop in Fort Myers Mall because Patricia's on the loose. <laughs> I'll be on the loose. <laughs> this is true. Well, before we get to your questions, um, and by the way, we're we're going to be finishing up in a few minutes, so I have to get to Walden's questions. But before we do that. I was trying to make a list of the characters from The Great Gildersleeve. Mm-hmm. I got a huge list for Fibber, McGee, and Molly, yep. and I'm making characters for Gildersleeve, mm-hmm. but it doesn't look like I have very many, and I know I have missed some. However, before we get into that, mm-hmm. I found six girlfriends. He may have had more, but I found six. Can you name them? Uh, I think I can give a pretty good shot. We have Leela Ransom, mm-hmm. Eve Goodwin. Very good. We have 
Elaine Fairchild. Adelaide Fairchild. Adelaide, okay. Mm-hmm. Catherine Milford. Very good. Grace Tuttle. Grace Tuttle, I forgot about that. And oh, 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 go ahead. Uh, we have... Uh, Let's see here. Uh, no, not, I can't count girls. He just does a little, you know, yeah, you know. He, f- he fell in love with Dr. Pettibone's niece, but I don't know, you know, because the one who was mm-hmm. teaching. Yeah, Janet Waldo. Yeah, the part that Janet Waldo part. Yeah. Uh, or else I was thinking of the gal from the circuit she took home and was in, fell in love with after she sang a song, Kitty Whatever. I um, hearing that one. When, when? 49, April 49. Yeah, I should have heard that. Um, let's see here. Uh, Grace Tuttle. I'm trying to think of the, the there's a, um, the, the French, the, the one he proposed to accidentally, the French dancer. Oh, that's right. Um, um oh, oh, and he wanted to. He was in competition with Judge Hook. Okay. Um, let's see here. There is the oh well the next door Rumson Board's sister. Very good. What was her name? Um, from Baltimore. Um, <laughs> her, 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 her daughter's name is Babs, who Le- Leroy fell in love with, and it was, it was her g- girlfriend. Um, <laughs> Martha? I don't sound, that doesn't sound right. Actually, Rumson Bullard had two sisters. Okay. Gildersleeve, and I, I couldn't reconcile. Paula was one. Paula is the one I'm thinking of, yes. And Ellen Bullard Knickerbocker. Yes. <laughs> Apparently came for a visit. Yes, yes. Excuse me, and I, I remember after I... But Paula is the one. The Paula is definitely the one. Paula is the one with yeah. the daughter. Yeah. And then I was played by Barbara Whiting, the daughter, and the daughter was sister with Margaret Whiting, the, the senior. Mm-hmm. Um, and one more. And then... Go, then Gladys Holland played a French girlfriend about Diffy Three, and I can't remember. It's a fight. It's a fight. Shows up five part. Uh. Uh, there are some. There are some. Some what? The more ones in the Diffies. Oh gosh! There's even the ones he took out to the water. Diffy Diffy mm-hmm. Five. The, the ones in the Diffie, I'm, I'm drawing... Oh, 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 oh. Um, he fell in love with uh, Bronco's aunt, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't classify it as a girlfriend. Mm. Um, when I have is Eve Goodwin. Yeah, I mentioned Eve. Uh, We've got Paula, Paula Bullard, Ellen Bullard, mm-hmm. Lloyd Fairchild, Eve Goodwin, Kathy Milford, mm-hmm. Leela Ransom and Grace Tuttle. I need just a couple more yep. from the Stiffies, but those are the bulk of the, those are the main ones. By the time we get to the end of the series, he probably had more girlfriends than characters <laughs> filling out the rest of the show. Sure, sure. Well, of course, you know, other characters are Craig Bold and, uh-huh. and uh, you know, Mr. Bold's son. 
and Marshall Board, the other son. You know what? Oh, oh, we um we heard Rumson Bullard's wife one time. We did, and then he wound up being a widow, or not a widower later. So that way he became the rival. And then, of course, he then then uh, the doc the doctor became a rival of his. The doctor. The doctor, oh. Catherine Mills, nursed it. And and Pettibone, I don't think I put. Pettibone was his doctor, oh. and then he had. Um, I think didn't he wasn't Doctor Pettibone a minister? Doctor Pettibone was a GP, general practitioner. GP, okay. Yeah, and there was a, there was a I forgot what the minister's name was, but yeah, there was a minister. Um, and then of course, don't forget Floyd's wife's name. Oh yeah, that was um. Lovey. Oh, now see, you you took it away from me. Okay, well. That's okay because it would have been here until tomorrow morning. <laughs> <laughs> that went out of my head. Yeah, we could work on this list. This could be a fun list for people to take a shot at. It would be a fun list, and I've got 47 so far on the Fibber McGee and Molly. Wow. And these are, there are a couple who were kind of obscure. Uh, I bet if we, did we get, did Cleo send you the Gildersley book? The new one. Okay, so that might be a good helpful guide to find other characters. Other characters, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I will do that. I have to send him a note. We need to have him back on sometime if you want to do that. Yes, we do. We also need to have Cynthia Myers on sometime, too. Yes, we do. We have to have a lot of people on. Yes, we do. Mm, so many people, so little time. It's true. Really. Yeah, I, 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 I get so busy with so many projects, and I I look at this list that I want to call, and I, I'm hoping to have some time this week. I, you know, the... We, when we get so swamped with work, I'm not able to work on the guest part of the lot. That's totally the thing that gets suffered. But I think we've done pretty well over the last 14 or 15 years. But still, you know, I still have people phone numbers I want to yeah. have on. Yeah. Um, okay, you want your questions? I do. We have questions for you. Which would you like first? My Super Bowl question. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I think I had one. Hold on, hold on. I get made it up, and the girl buys everything oh, I say. You know, I was going to do it, and I thought, nah, that's not fair. <laughs> to sneak it in instead of your baseball question, and I should have done it. You see, maybe I did. Um. Oh. Can I ask you a Super Bowl question? Sneaked in. My presidential question mm -hmm. is football related. Can I ask you a Super Bowl question? Yeah, but... Which one is this? Oh, this is 49. Oh, she, you're so good. You can retire. You are... It is X-L-I-X. You are a sports phenom, Miss ESPN. <laughs> yeah, I love this. <laughs> I did good. I did good. You did good. 49. And I, and I even gave it to you in Roman numerals. Oh, wow. So next year, when it turns to Thiffius, you can do that really easy. That's just an L. Good. She, you can do it. You can do it. I know that. I don't know that, but you can do it. I, I have faith in you. What is X? Ten. What is I? Five, I think. No. Uh, one. One. What is V? That's five. What is C? A hundred. 
Very good. What is M? Millions. Mm, no. Don't know. When you read it in, in a newspaper, they'll put an M. Do they? And they mean M is a thousand. Ah, okay. So you'll see when, um, if something was done in the 1900s, mm-hmm. the movie label will begin with MCM. Ah. Because that's 1,900. Okay. We'll have Roman numeral school one night. Yep. You're going to have to teach me. So somebody else has to learn it. You're going to have to teach me that. I'm going to have to teach everybody. If I had to sit through Roman, (laughs) you're going to sit through them too. Uh, So you really want your football question with the president? I have two presidential questions, and one has to do with football, so I did that in honor of you for football time. Whatever you want to do, my dear. You tell me which one you like. I want to do my presidential question. Good. <laughs> he has me trained everybody. He hasn't figured this out yet. This is good. <laughs> <laughs> Which president threatened to ban football unless new rules were established to ensure player safety? Teddy Roosevelt. You didn't even pretend that you had to think. <laughs> I heard that feeling. We, we might have discussed it a couple, uh, a couple months ago, or I heard it a couple months ago must have heard it. And because around the turn of the century, there was a lot of death on the football field, and he was really concerned. And that's exactly it. Yeah. I got some information. The 1905 season. So I said that I'm reading this. I mean, I'm not making this up. Saw several on-field football deaths and serious injuries around the country. President Roosevelt met with the university's officials to find ways to make the game safer. When the rules were modified, they allowed passing. It took a while for the technique to take hold. For one thing, nobody knew how to pass a football, and there were disincentives. A completion within five yards of the scrimmage line was ruled a turnover. Would you believe that? Wow. 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 I I didn't read that far. I did not know about that at all. A catch in the end zone was ruled a touchback. Huh. Oh, boy, we fixed that one. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So now what? Oh, I'll give you your second presidential question. Okay. Unless you want to save it. I want my uh, presidential question. Your presidential question. Which, this, this one is kind of off on the fringes a little bit. Which presidential candidate ran for office six times in a row and never won? Uh, Pat. Pat Her- Patrick Harrison. Pat Harrington. Was it Pat Harrington or Pat Paulson? Pat Harrington. Ah, man. You're probably correct, Patricia. I'm trying to struggle with Pat's last name. Pat Paulson. Let's see. Uh, (laughs) Presidential campaign. Yeah, it was Pat Paulson. Okay. And let's see. Succeeding years. How many times? Um, career in comedy, political campaigns, let's see. His reply was, why not? 68, and in succeeding years, um, he appeared on (laughs) New Hampshire ballot for the Democratic Party several times. Mm. 1991, he received 921 votes, <laughs> and he finished second behind Bill Clinton. Wow. Listen, I don't know how many times he got on the ballot, though. 
I know he was there a couple of sure. Times. I don't I don't know how many. Is he still around? Well, I suppose I should have looked, huh? Yes. If so, if you have a website, maybe we can invite him to be our guest to give us the political analysis. <laughs> come see some. He died in 1997. Oh yeah. Well, that ain't gonna work. No. <laughs> I'm very hard to issue. <laughs> how about Ross Perot? Should we invite Ross to come on with us? What do you think? Wouldn't that be fun? <laughs> I'll tell you what. You know. Just do it. <laughs> I don't care. Just do it. <laughs> oh. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. So anyway, which presidential candidate? He never he never took office. So this this really isn't a presidential question. Mm-hmm. It's a campaign question. Yes. And this guy holds the record, by the way. So Pat Paulson got knocked out of the park, or he never was in the park, right? Because this was before Paulson. So what's the question again? I'm sorry. I- oh, I'm I'm so sorry. Which presidential candidate ran for office six times in a row and never won? <sighs> And he was actually on the ballots. Long Thurman. No, that's an interesting answer. No, it's somebody I never heard of, and I don't expect you. To <laughs> <either>. <laughs> it just seems like an intriguing yeah, information. So the answer is. And the answer is nineteen, starting in nineteen twenty-eight. That was the first of six consecutive campaigns for Norman Thomas. Yes. Oh, I know. He was the socialist in the Communist Party. Mostly, I think he was a socialist. Correct. From Minnesota. Yeah, he's pretty famous. Absolutely correct. Very famous. I'm six times. I did not know he ran that many times. Wow. I never knew who he was. Oh, yeah. This was the first I heard of him. Oh, yeah. So you are super duper. You knew exactly who I was talking about. Yep. I think he was from Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And, um... Country. Yeah, Richmond Parsi sat down and interviewed him. I think I have an interview with him in my archives. That, that should be really interesting. Yeah. Really interesting. Okay, what else would you like? Oh, gosh. Well, my presidential quote. Your presidential quote. You'll love this one. Good ball players make good citizens. Ronald Reagan. No. George Bush. No. Bill Clinton. No. Alexander Hamilton. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. No. The father of a country, George Washington. Oh, boy. You know, you're right in the right ballpark. (laughs) It just tickled me. I don't expect anybody to get this answer, but it just tickled me as a wonderful quote, and I had seen it before. I never... Hold it down. Don't know. Chester Arthur. Oh, wow. Sometime in the latter 1800s. Yeah. Good ball players make good citizens. Perfect. Now, I should take that to heart. Yes, I? yes, yes. <sighs> Do we know anything about his mental stability? <laughs> I'm so sorry. Oh, what a disrespectful thing to say about one of our presidents. <laughs> we shall find one of Chester's family, relatives, and oh. act them that. What do you think? Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I mean, yes, I did mean to say it, but, you know, I mean, it's not one of our presidents. It's yeah. terribly disrespectful, and I apologize for that. But I really want to know. Dear <laughs> 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 me. I don't know. How, how, how could he feel? 
those days, remember, sportsmanship was a big thing, and uh, playing by the rules of the game, by the game, those, those types of ethics were probably what they, what he was thinking about. Well, for having sex, we didn't even have a rule book until what, 1880? I know, but you know. And he, he was in office until 1885. Yeah, yeah. He was promoting the game. There you go. Not seriously, could he have been? Mm-hmm, yeah. It, it was interesting, um, a lot of time we went through the Richard Nixon, uh, library tour or, or display, they had a one on history of baseball, and it tells you how many presidents they had short endorsements or letters from or things trying, that, you know, the major league baseball is really trying to get their endorsement hmm. and things like that, you know, for a long, long time. Yeah. Great American sport. The great American sport. Mom and apple pie. Oh. Baseball. Yep. So now what would you like? My first lady quote. Your first lady quote. I always knew my husband would rise in the world. I believed he would someday inhabit the highest office in the land. I felt this even when we were newly married and he was making a mere pittance in salary. My sisters used to tease me unmercifully, but you see who was correct. Mary Todd Lincoln. No. Do you think she had, I mean, apparently, you know, from the quotes I'm finding for her, she was a very strong woman. Yeah. And I did not know that. I always imagined that she was kind of a stay-behind-the-scenes type. Well, you know, I did not notice how I played uh, last year one of the Studio One that uh, a book off the engagement. I knew that. I did not I know have... that until I heard the radio drama. Huh. Why would I have known that? You, so you stupid in the, <laughs> you, you you are my you, I'm not stupid I'm you, ignorant you're my historian yeah I'm the one who has the <laughs> connection to it Mickey <laughs> and I are intimate <laughs> he was you know we are good for each other we have we have broadened our horizons a lot over the years haven't we this, this is true I've yeah. got some weeds growing in the way <laughs> I can see the horizon <laughs> off in the distance you are right you we, are right we are okay. better. Who said, I always knew my husband would rise in the world. Wow. I believed he would someday inhabit the highest office in the land. I felt this even when we were newly married and he was making a mere pittance. <sighs> Grover Cleveland. Nope. Pat Nixon. Oh, no. I mean, my God, she's the one who turned the pork chops. No. Oh. No, I mean, that's the only quote I can find. Yeah. No, there's more out there. But, I... you know, he runs the country and I turn the pork chops. No, I guess that was Mamie, wasn't it? Yeah. Mamie said about the pork chops. I'm trying to think of people who come from humble beginning. For example, you would think the ones who would say that, who might, you know, were politically connected families, like the Roosevelt. Yeah. Things like that. Yeah. But the way the, the, the thing quoted, it, it comes from a very yeah. poor and humble beginning. You know, even, even at that, um, even in politically active families, to say, well, I married somebody and he's going to be president of the United States. I mean, it's like poo-poo. We've had, what, 43 mm-hmm. <laughs> since the beginning of our country. Um, you know, I mean, really... When you're talking about a minority, our list of presidents are indeed a minority. 
Yeah, but you know, let's face it, there are families that have been so, so well connected that the possibility of their benders from... Well, the Kennedys, of course. Well, I'm thinking even the Ro Rockefellers, you know. They, Rockefellers, the Roosevelt's. And the Roosevelt's, the Rock... Now the Bush, the Bush are in that... I put that in that clan. And the, the Adams, you know, there are certain families in the... In the uh, yeah. Well, this one had no families. Right, and that's what I'm thinking. I'm ruling out the f political families of well, the country. There really wasn't... Uh, she really was the only one who felt that, I guess. And, uh, Andrew Jackson. Well, Rachel. It, it was Julia Grant. Wow, yeah. Ulysses Grant. Now, wasn't he a West Point graduate? I don't know. If he ever went to West Point. I know Lee did. Lee did, and I, I thought... Let me see. Grant and West Point. Um, graduated West Point. 1843. <sighs> Might be a beautiful part of the country, huh? Oh, it is. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to put that on our, on our tour list. You're going to help me see West Point someday, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. That was in my backyard. I know it was. It was really nifty to hear the cannons going on. <laughs> <laughs> West Point. I think he graduated pretty close to the bottom of his class. I probably right. If not, let's see. Although relatively well educated, he studied little. You think Sherman was a West Point graduate? I'm thinking of those Civil War journals. We know Lee was. Lee was. Yeah. And it, it seems to me, in my brain, that they were in West Point at the same time, that Grant and Lee were... Most likely, because they've been contemporaries, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he was 21st out of a class of 39. I thought he was at the bottom. Mm. Somebody important came out at the bottom of the list. So, let's see if anybody here... Okay, and grateful commander occupies Lake. Yeah, we'll find out. Um, I will look that up. But yes, he he was West Point, and the the reason I asked was because of her comment. He was making a mere pit. Mm -hmm. Well, did it? And military salary didn't pay very well. No, nothing in the military. No, particularly well. No. Um, but to say to refer to it as a mere pittance in salary surprised me when there was no reference to his military status. Yeah. So, yeah. But anyway, it was, Julia, it was Julia Grant. And I'm sorry I told you her first name because I was going to ask you what it was. <laughs> you know it was Julia? Uh, I think I've heard it. I don't know if I would have pulled it out right now out of, my, uh, out of my hat. Yeah, that was a surprise for me. When I go out running around looking for first ladies, I'm really saying, oh, I didn't know that was her first name. Oh, I didn't know she said that. <laughs> You know, one thing I like to do someday figure out what you know what what university had the most presidents. My guess is either Harvard or Yale. You know, those, those types of things would be fun to look up. I, yeah, I would bet for Harvard. Mm -hmm. I think if now Yale got me egged out, be my guess. Who graduated? From, oh, wait a minute, the Bushes. Bushes and yeah, weren't they? Yeah. Hmm. So I'm thinking Yale might have the most right now. Yeah, I'll have to go look that up one day. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, what's next? Um, my brain teaser. Your brain teaser. I've got. A, I pulled a whole bunch of them so I can choose from a picnic tonight. 
Let's see. Mm. Well, I can't ask you that because I forget the answer. Look, <laughs> <laughs> you already knew the answer. That that's okay. I can figure it out. Oh, gee whiz. <clears throat> um, well, it says, you've heard the saying, what goes up must come down. Yep. Well, what goes up and never goes down. Air. Oh, I know, I know, I Air. know. Air. No, that's all around you. It always goes up and never comes down. Inflation. <laughs> no, oh, good grief, no. Please. Oh. I remembered the answer. You're the smartest bunny rabbit I know. Let's see here. My uh, Patricia's IQ. <laughs> you have redeemed yourself for anything for the next hundred years. <laughs> <laughs> you are a dynamite packy. You you're the pinup girl with the smartest IQ in the world. That's pretty good. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, gee. Yeah, I know. Oh, with brains. Wow. I, I know. Thank you. Yeah. Let's see here. And she giggles too. <laughs> The stock market. I don't know, my dear. You got me. Your age. Uh, How about that? That's very good. Yeah. We even figured it out. Mm -hmm. You notice I only give you the ones I know the answers to. I know. So when you run out of those, are you going to start working on the ones you don't know? (laughs) Well... No, I mean, there's always a riddle out there. Okay. But but if I were fair, I would start asking you the ones I don't know the answer to. Right, that way we can work together on them. And well, I mean, I would have to know the answer, so, you know, but, but I'm asking you the ones that I know. You might know all the rest of them. <laughs> I'm serious. Okay, what's next? Uh, what are we down to? We are down to your stump, Walden, and... Your baseball question. Stump Walden. Your Stump Walden. I really like this one, and I know you're going to get it. (gasps) Which detective show did the character Scubby Wilson appear? Uh, I think that's in Big Town. No. Uh, Nick Carter. Yes, it was Nick Carter. Scubby Wilson. Yeah. Cubby with an S in the front. Yep. Where did they come up with these? Names? I don't know. It's a great name, though. Gee, I mean, great it, name. It looked it, it, when I first saw it, I thought they were saying Scrubby. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay, no, Scubby. Very good. You get credit for that one. Okay, and now you are down to your baseball question. All right. Um, I've been looking up 1915 information. Mm-hmm. And on June 23rd, I have to, I have to. Ask this carefully because I've only got the statement here. I didn't make a question out of it. Hold on. Um, okay. On June 23rd, 1915, the Yankees beat the A's 15-0. to But there was something extraordinary about that game. Do you know what it was? Can you see a single hitter inside a park home run? 
No, I wish it were that. This is really even better. Mm. No, I don't wish it were that. This is better. <laughs> I don't know. It still holds the record today. Uh, the fastest shutout in history? <laughs> no, it was quite the opposite. Mm. <laughs> the Yankees got 16 walks and three wild pitches. Wow. Single game. Wow. And that poor guy's name, the pitcher's name was Bruno Haas. Wow. A-S-S. And we probably never see his name anywhere. Probably not. 16 walks and three wild pitches. Didn't they have relief pitchers? They didn't. When did we start the relief pitcher? It was quite late. Well, yeah, I mean, it really became prominence in the 50s, 70s. We really started. But a lot of time when they were losing, they would get some, you're out there. You know, they would get no, keeping I thought, I mean, you can help me with this. Mm -hmm. I thought I read within the last couple of weeks that, or maybe it was designated hitters. Relief pitcher or designated hitter. It only came in on the rules in the 1960s. And the, I don't know. Yeah, the DH was in 73. Day hitters in 73. Okay. All right. Well, yeah. you know, I mean, when you get 16 walks, wouldn't you think, like, by the second or third one, they would have figured that maybe they had a problem. Well, maybe they figured, hey, we've already lost this game. We might as well just save our bullpen for another game. Wow. I don't know when the 15 runs were scored, but if they got 16 walks, it's a good bet he walked in a bunch of runs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Probably started early and did it often. Oh, my gosh. Isn't that, how embarrassing. I'll have to look up Bruno Haas one night. Oh, yeah, that'd be good. Okay, is that it? That's it. That's our end. Um, we have to say good night. Let's do that, my dear. <gasps> we could do that. Thank you, everybody, for being with us. Thank you, new caller. We got Zach, and I have his address, and we can get some goodies out to him. Um, I had a good time. I always have a wonderful time with you, Patricia. <laughs> Thank you, Sir Walden. And, I have a good time with you. And we, the family, <laughs> Patricia and I, are very blessed to have you. I mean, we'd be wandering the streets if it wasn't for you on a Saturday night. Saturday night saying, is it Super Bowl yet? <laughs> <laughs> and we'd like to thank our special live guest at the beginning of the show, Kim Bragg. We weren't, well, it was not in the plan, but we made it work anyway. Oh, and it's so good that we do have upright conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Willikers, you know? Well, wow. Well, wow. Well. <laughs> <laughs> In case somebody missed the beginning of the show, we were on the air and didn't know it. Kim had run downstairs and... and it turned it on without, without me... Normally, I, I control it, so I put it on. Patricia and I sometimes just talk for a few minutes before, and we were running a little late, and Kim ran down, and she thought she made a mistake with the station, which she did. She took, put us on without the real life that we had no clue. No, she heard us talking and thought we thought we were on the air. Yep. And we knew we weren't. Yep. She thought and flipped the switch. Yep. We were on the air when Walden and I were still talking back and forth. Yep. And we didn't say anything bad. We never say anything bad. That no. Remember. No, we didn't. We didn't. Yeah, we were good. We were good puppies. Yeah. Kitty cats. And stuff like that there. Okay, Patricia's going to go have her veggies. I'm going to go have my veggies, and that means I say good night. Thank you for being with us, everybody, and we will be back next week. Next week. Good night, Patricia. Good night, Walden. All right, everybody. Here we go. We'll be back.
which I hope so. JAWS for Windows is ready. Winamp Equalizer. Alt-Tab. Skype. Sign-in heading level. Alt-F4. Fibber-McG. Alt-Tab. Soundforge Pro. Escape. Escape. Enter.
Escape, escape. Enter. Alt-Tab, Fibber McG and Molly folder, Fib Alt-F4, Sound Forge Pro 11.0-Left Bracket, Sound 1 Star, Right Bracket, Sound 1 Star. Enter. Escape, escape. Enter. Alt-Tab, Skype, Alt-Tab, Desktop, Desktop, Alt-Tab, SoundForge Pro 11.0-Left Bracket, Sound, Escape, Escape, Enter. Selected. Enter. 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 Escape. 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 Enter. Alt-Tab. Skype. Alt-Tab. Desktop. Desktop. Folder view. List view. Saturday Night Live Show. Alt-F4. Shut down Windows Dialog. Alt-Tab. Skype. Skype. Sign in. Edit. Alt-F4. Start button. Alt-Tab. Skype. Skype. Alt-Tab. SoundForge Pro 11.0-Left Bracket Sound. Escape. Escape. Enter. Enter. Page down. Page down. Enter. Alt-Tab, Skype, Alt-Tab, Desktop, Alt-Tab, SoundForge Pro 11.0-Left Bracket Sound, Alt-F4, SoundForge Pro 11.0-Dialog. Do you want to save changes to Sound 1? Yes button. Enter. Save as Dialog. File name colon edit combo. Sound 1, 0 items. S-A. T U R D A Y space N I G A T space one dash three one dash one five space W I T H space P A T R I C I A space A N D space G U E S T space K I M tab save as tab save enter edit Skype sign in heading level two. JAWS for Windows is ready. Skype trademark 24 Walden.Hughes. Unknown field. Unknown field. Skype. Status online. Select to change status. Words were I grew up at I believe it was for